welcome to the Folklore's Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of your favorite podcast. <laughs> so, you know, we're coming off the red re-recording mm-hmm. app. Any... Any, just before we get started into this app, any other thoughts on Red re-recording now that we've, mm, now we've that we've had, had more some more time just to take it in? Yeah. Okay, so one thing I feel is worth noting, as we learned yesterday from a, what was it, a Gawker article? Yes, a highly respectable <laughs> publication. Yes. Um... Fuck the patriarchy was literally not a phrase mm-hmm. at the time that Taylor supposedly wrote it into the 10-minute all-too-well mm-hmm. mm-hmm. version. Which is something that you said at our when we first listened yes. to it. thank you. Laura thank was you. like, that is not a term. And similarly with the line that's like, um, I'll get older, but all your lovers mm-hmm. stay my age. Like, I remember you being like, that feels like something that she must have written later. Yeah. Than at the time of the literal breakup. Right. And even, like, that I'll give her, even if it was, like, you know, mm-hmm. a year later and he had started dating one other young right. person. Right. Which we sort of, timeline-wise, could yeah. be true. Yeah. But the fuck the patriarchy line, it's just so confusing because... It's already kind of a weird and awkward lyric. Yeah. Like, yeah. I wouldn't say it's a bad lyric, but it's it's kind of Especially weird. because it starts the new... Mm-hmm. It's the first line of, like, the new stuff in All Too Well. Yeah. So it's kind of, like, very intense for that, too. And you know what's interesting? So I listened to the, like acoustic version that she did because she performed just like an acoustic version at the premiere of the short film Mm. and at that point like the premiere of the short film like the re-recording wasn't even out yet so Mm. like people didn't know the new lyrics Mm. but already the fans like knew that line because it was like in because they'd seen the film Mm. so they and it was so like striking that they all like screamed it and I feel like that was what she wanted like she wanted a line where like everyone screams it like Mm. fuck the patriarchy which is like fun like it's a fun when she's like performing it like Mm -hmm. everyone's like because it does start like the new stuff Right. right but yeah like it feels very Taylor 2021 right and I think it I don't know it's just so interesting because it's like I think that's like fine and not a bad thing for her to do like to add to this song you know 10 years later or whatever but she's so intentionally marketing it as this is what came to me fresh in the moment during the speak now tour rehearsal right and I just, it's just so obvious that at least that line mm-hmm. was not mm-hmm. written then. Yes. I so th- I don't understand why she would do that. I think what's more likely is that there was a 10 minute version, like the story is true. There was a 10 minute mm-hmm. version that she was doing during these, re- during these rehearsals, whatever. But I do think that when she was doing the re-recording, there are certain lines that she changed. Mm-hmm. Whether because the original was something she didn't want to say or just mm-hmm. because she thought of a better line. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, similarly with, like, I wouldn't be surprised if the original version is the original tune over and over again. Mm-hmm. And when she does the re-recording, she changes the tune of the new sections mm-hmm. to, like, make mm-hmm. it more interesting. Yeah. I mean, it is true that she had so much... There was so much build-up to the 10-minute version, mm-hmm. and there was so much writing on it, and now that... You know, we know she did the short film. It's possibly going to be a contender for a Grammy. Like, mm-hmm. all these other things that... She's like, I want it to be as good as possible. Literally, yeah. yeah. She's like, I... And it and it also makes sense if you're just, like, you know, kind of riffing, making up ideas for a song as she did when she originally had the idea. Like, obviously, it's not going to be golden quality right. all throughout the right. whole 10 minutes. So, right. like... I do get wanting to like, but it also punch makes sense it up and improve it, and it makes sense like just continuing that narrative though mm-hmm. that of, she's like, like, no, this is just like what stream of consciousness, right? Like, right. I mean, every time she's told that story, even with the original version, I'm like, I don't really like fully believe it. Like, I bet some of it, like, Mm -hmm. parts of it, but, Mm -hmm. like, you just can't, like, have everything rhyme perfectly and, like, be perfect. Just, like, you know, like. Yeah. So it's interesting. It is interesting. I just feel like, I just find it crazy. Yeah. Because, like, there's just so many, obviously she had endless options, especially if she was editing it, which she obviously was. Mm -hmm. So, like why put in this phrase i honestly wonder if it's like i don't know like a dig at someone else or like a reference to something else i don't Mm -hmm. know what but like yeah i don't know well and that article that we read was like yeah it's supposed to be because what he's letting her drive like, that's why. Right. You know? And it's like, what? I know. <laughs> no, it, <laughs> Right. Like, it It doesn't really make sense. No. I don't know. It's just weird. Yeah. Um. Another another thing, moving on from All Too Well, yeah. that I would add, if, yeah. unless you have more to say no, about No, no, no. Please, please. Is another, you know, pretty damning article. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. About. Yeah. I don't remember... <laughs> Sorry to say, I don't remember what, like, this was published on. I guess it started as a TikTok. It was, like, an article built mm. around this TikTok that someone had made. Maybe, like, sleep. Yeah. Pop some... sugar. <laughs> One of those. All of the above. Don't yeah. know. Yeah. Um, but they, there was this article about the very first night, mm-hmm. which, again, I don't think we talked about this in the Red re-recording, but that was another one when we heard... I was like, it doesn't, like, sound right when she comes in and says, they don't know how much I miss you. Right. Because it, it very sounds like she should say, she should have made it, like, miss ya. Right. Because she's, like, whispered. Right. It's supposed to rhyme with that those things. And then, but she very pointedly is like, you. Yeah. And so this person, Which at first I was like, maybe that's to make it less country, but obviously, like, I bet you think about me. She's right. like, allow me to lean into my country accent. Well, so like, I don't really... Right. So it's not that. It does, but it does sort of feel like this attitude she has of, like, when I do the re-recordings, I'm going to be pronouncing everything much more, like, crisply and, like, clearly and, like, just very, oh, really? like... You think that? I mean, I think that's kind of, like, what she did with Fearless... Where, like, mm. she's just much more, like, exact, I feel like. 
What do you mean by that? Like, I don't really know. Just like, I don't know, like the music terms, <laughs> but like, <laughs> just to be like, to have like cleaner, like mm. vocals or like mm. cleaner, like okay. clearer pronunciation. Okay. I don't know. Okay. So I, I thought maybe it was, that's why she did such a, you know, mm-hmm. a perfect like you right. versus yeah uh-huh. or whatever. Uh-huh. But you know, this, this person on TikTok pointed out that what would actually rhyme even better than yeah is they don't know how much I miss her because it would rhyme with whisper, picture, whatever. Mm-hmm. So we love that gay theory. Okay, but here's my question with that, though. I I agree, obviously, like, that would rhyme. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't make sense because she's singing the song, like, to the to you. Yes, I did so, think about that as so, well. But I it's think... Like, we were riding in the car. Mm-hmm. You don't know how much I miss her. And it doesn't really right. make sense. Well, I was thinking, and maybe this isn't... I would have to look at, like, the full lyrics, but... I feel like it's, like, in the verses or, like, maybe the pre-chorus. Mm-hmm. She's, like, they don't know about, you know, the night out in L.A. They don't know about, like, mm-hmm. didn't read the note on the Polaroid picture or whatever... They don't know how much I miss her cut to the chorus where she's like, I wish I could fly. I'd pick you up. You know? So it's like Mm. in the verses she's talking. Because, yeah, the verses, okay. Because they don't know about the night in the hotel. They weren't riding in the car when we both Mm, fell. I guess she had to say we there. Didn't read the note. They don't know how much I miss her. It doesn't really make sense. It doesn't really make sense. But But we still love it as a theory. We love it as a theory. We support we support the, the work front line that's being done. Work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I would say those are my big, my big yeah. two. Um, good. Yeah. Continued. Yeah, it's good to check in. It's good to check in. Do you have any others? No, those okay. are my. Those are the heavy hitters. <laughs> those are the heavy hitters. Oh, I would like to know. We watched the short film again yesterday, and mm-hmm. there's a very, there's a very intentional shot that shows these two framed photographs. Mm-hmm. And I don't, we we haven't done research into what those photographs mm-hmm. are, but that seems incredibly intentional. So yes. One is kind of like a that. coastal, I feel it's like it's a beach yeah. type situation. I don't even remember what the other one is. But yeah, it's, the camera's on the The camera's like, like goes to them time. for like no reason and like yeah. stays on them. Yeah. Yeah. So we're just putting it out there. Yeah. Further research is required. Further research is required. So the, you know, the topic for this episode is one that I'm excited about. Mm-hmm. You know, we're calling this the family episode where we're really getting into who Taylor Swift comes from. Yes. Like what like we've talked a little bit about kind of like her background and this, mm-hmm. you know, the differences between kind of like the story that she perpetuates about her childhood and growing up and like what seems to be the reality. Exactly. Um but yeah, so like it's just interesting to get into I will say, sadly, I was hoping to find quite a lot of just, like, random extended mm-hmm. family members, like, random cousins, random aunts and uncles, and there doesn't seem to be many. She comes from, like, mm-hmm. not, like, a small family, but, like, she doesn't, it's not, like, a huge extended family, and the people that are in her extended family don't seem to be very, like, from present. The yeah, they're, they're So that's a little bit away. of a bummer. Yeah. But we do have a good amount of information on her grandparents, 
her parents, and her brother. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I have to say Audrey has really spearheaded this research and will be leading us through the family the tree, if you will. The players. Yeah. Yes, and please check out our Instagram because we will be posting a picture of her family tree. Which Audrey has very beautifully crafted. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think you mean this the social media editor for this podcast right, yes, has created. Right, our social media intern. Exactly. <laughs> so... Obviously, we've learned a lot more about her grandparents recently mm-hmm. because she has, like, written about them in Folklore and Evermore on the songs Epiphany and Marjorie. Right. So, starting with her grandparents, on her dad's side, um, we have... Wait, let's see. Okay. So, her dad's dad was Archie Dean Swift. Mm, okay. Um, and he was the one who was the soldier, and Taylor said about writing Epiphany about him, I wanted to write about him for a while. He died when I was very young, but my dad would always tell this story that the only thing that his dad would ever say about the war was when somebody asked him, why do you have such a positive outlook on life? My grandfather would reply, well, I'm not supposed to be here. I shouldn't be here. My dad and his brothers always kind of imagined that what he had experienced was really awful and traumatic and he'd seen a lot of terrible things. So when they did research, they learned that he had fought at the battles of Guadalcanal at Cape Glosser, at Talasia, at Okawana, Okinawa. He had seen a lot of heavy fire and casualties, all the things that nightmares are made of. He was one of the first people to sign up for the war. But, you know, there are things you can only imagine that a lot of people in that generation didn't speak about because, A, they didn't want people that they came home to to worry about them and be because it was just so bad it was the actual definition of unspeakable so um yes that is her grandfather he married this woman named rose baldy swift um like rose baldy and then she became rose baldy swift and they had three sons um so taylor swift's dad scott kingsley swift and archie the third and Douglas. So her dad's the oldest. Her d- I'm honestly not sure mm. about that. Okay. Um, I kind of weirdly think he might be in the middle, but mm. unclear. Okay. He was born on March 5th, 1952. He um, went to University of Delaware. And following in his father's footsteps, he was a financial advisor and stockbroker at Merrill Lynch. Mm-hmm. So, he worked at Merrill Lynch. He also established the Swift Group, which was a financial advisory group, part of Merrill Lynch. So, this, so yes, like, Taylor grew up on a Christmas tree farm because they bought a farm, not because he was a farmer. No. Because he was, he was literally a rich finance dude. (laughs) He was, like, a rich finance dude. And this idea, like, they just, like, moved to Nashville for me. So he actually got his job transferred to Nashville. Mm, So mm -hmm. it wasn't like, oh, I'll just, like, quit my job and we'll all move to Nashville for my daughter. It was like, oh, no, I can just be transferred to, like, the Nashville office. Because he was high enough up, obviously, in the company that they were like, yeah, you can can do what you want. So interestingly, I kind of assumed that he would have eventually left this job and just, like, done stuff for Taylor. Mm -hmm. But... He is still there, the company's top advisor and the vice president. Oh, interesting. So he's still, like, doing that. As well as, obviously, 
I mean, I guess probably not anymore, but he had a huge hand in Big Machine and yeah, I think that that was like so. In order for Taylor to get a record deal, the dad was like, "I will help finance this new." Because remember, she was the first artist signed mm-hmm. to Big Machine, right? So he was like, "I'll help finance it," and because of that, he got like a seat on the board. Mm. But but that wasn't like his like profession, right? Right. Um. So interestingly, I found this like quote of this this guy who knew Taylor Swift's dad and like. The way he talked about Taylor Swift's dad was very interesting because I mm. think it had a lot of parallels with, like, honestly how people talk about Taylor Swift. Oh, Like, he was talking about, like, I just quoted some of it, but it's like, he manages millions of dollars for powerful and important clients. Like, he's very creative. He's imaginative, hardworking. He's, like, a real connector of people. Like, mm. the way that this guy, like, talked about Taylor Swift's dad was really, like, he has a way of, like, understanding people and, like, mm-hmm. understanding things and, like... Yeah. I don't know. In just... a way that she's so, like, ahead of the game in, like, exactly. her industry and, like, exactly. how to continue and continue and continue to captivate her right. audience. And... Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is really interesting. And, you know, notably... Taylor told her friends when she was like younger that she wanted to be a stockbroker too mm-hmm. and she was like my dad is so passionate about what he does like in the way I'm passionate about music he's so gung-ho for his job and I saw how happy it made him and I just thought I can broke stuff <laughs> so so yeah her dad her dad is a real force in that way mm-hmm. um so her uncles, Archie and Douglas, Archie, there's, like, no information about. And it's also really difficult to look him up because, like, everyone in her family is named, like, Archie or Dean. Oh, really? Because they they keep passing on the names. So uh. this guy is, like, Archie the third, but it makes it, like, really difficult to Google him because, mm. like, they're like, oh, the grandpa. And I'm like, no, the uncle. But so like, do you think when she has kids, she's going to name him Archie or Dean? I don't think so, because I don't think she likes her dad. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> like, I think she, like, yeah, no. She's way yeah. more into, like, her mom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Douglas, Douglas sadly died. He was also in the military. Mm-hmm. Um, he died at age 68 um, in 2014. And he had two children as well so um oh no wait I'm lying okay Archie the third was the one who died so Archie was the one who died in 2014 he was in the he was in the Marine Corps okay and um Douglas is still alive and has two kids but you can't find any information on them sadly so Taylor Swift has two cousins but we don't know about them okay I hope they're fans I know because, like, they could literally but go the to, like, fa- every But the concert. fact that there's, like, nothing about them, like, I feel, I don't know. I'm like, I mean, they could just be, like, I'm just, under the radar. Yeah, yeah. It's true. It's true. Okay. Um, so going to Taylor's maternal grandparents. So her maternal grandfather, Robert Bruce Finley, was president of Raymond Construction Company. So okay. he was a construction dude. Cool. Her maternal grandmother is Marjorie, who obviously the song on on Evermore is about, mm-hmm. and she was an opera singer. Um, 
So notably, even before the song Marjorie came out, Taylor is kind of playing her in Wildest Dreams, the music video, Mm -hmm. where she is like the dark wig. Um, It's kind of like an an ode to her grandmother. Yeah. Um, Marjorie was born October 5th, 1928 in Memphis. She died June 1st, 2003, when Taylor was 13. Mm-hmm. Um, she's an opera singer and TV personality. So she was working at a bank as a receptionist, and she won this ABC Radio Network talent contest. Like, she called in and, like, wow. sang and won this contest. That's called crazy. Music- and so then she got the opportunity to tour with, like, music with the girls for 15 months. Wow. Um, That's cool. Yeah. So then she got married and her and her husband moved to Cuba and then to Puerto Rico. And she had her own TV show in Puerto Rico and served as the MC for El Show Pan Americano. Interesting. In Puerto Rico. And she toured in South America and released an album in Mexico. So what, like, why do you think that is? I don't really know. It seems like, I mean, again... So she was married to her husband who was doing this construction company. And my understanding is that he was doing, like, work down there. Mm, okay. And then she went and just, like, continued doing music stuff down there. Right. Like, built her career there. Yes. She did go to college. She went to Lindenwood College and got a Bachelor of Music. Nice. So, obviously, Taylor has, like, that musical connection. And also, like, not that this is why she likes her mom more than her dad, but, like, the it seems like the music stuff comes from like her Mm -hmm. mom's side of the family yeah so that's just kind of you know interesting it is it is um so her these grandparents marjorie and robert had two daughters um allison finlay um, which Taylor's middle name right, is named for is her awesome. aunt. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could get some pictures of them. Okay. So Allison seems to be, as far as I can tell, just like single oh. and just like chilling, no kids. Cool. Um, and yes, there's like pictures of her like at like the 1989 tour mm-hmm. and like just like mm-hmm. Thanksgiving and like some other things. Fun. Um, so it seems at least that like her mom is closer with her sister than, like, the dad is close with his brothers, mm-hmm. at least from the internet. I mean, it's also, like, as you were saying, Taylor's much closer with her mom and around her mom so much more. Mm-hmm. So even if her dad is around right. his brother, like, Taylor's right. not there. And obviously she's, like, named after right. her, you know? Yeah, so clearly, like, right. her mom and her sister are very close. Yeah. Um... So Taylor's mom, Andrea Swift, born January 10th, 1958. So she went to Memorial High School in Houston and then went to University of Houston. So I think this is really interesting. And I remember talking to you about this when I was like doing this research Mm -hmm. was that I feel like the popular narrative is kind of in the same way that Taylor's like, yeah, we just like grew up on this farm. Like the narrative is, like, that her mom was a stay-at-home mom. Right. Like, it seems like that, you know, my mom is always with me, and, like, yeah. I don't know, just, like, the energy. Really pushing that kind of, like, like traditional family values. Right. Moms with the kids. Right. Dad's working the farm. <laughs> like. Right, right, right. But, no. But this is no. cool. Her mom was a mutual fund marketing executive. Mm-hmm. So this is super noteworthy because her mom basically, and this is like up until Taylor was like famous, like her mom was working and was like had all this background in marketing. Mm-hmm. So it's just like so interesting when you think about like 
again, like her dad is this like huge financial heavy hitter, mm-hmm. all these connections to these people with like all this money, yep. all this understanding of like business and the financial capital to be able to like get involved with big machine, whatever. And then her mom has this huge marketing mm-hmm. background mm-hmm. that's like understands how to market something. Exactly. And it's like, I mean, of course, obviously, like, no question Taylor is so talented and, like, whatever, of course. Of course. But to have these two people as... Kind of, like, the perfect The perfect combination and clearly, like, because she's the oldest child and, like, because they thought she was so talented and whatever, like, then not only did they have this background, but both of them were like, yes, we will use our combined talents Mm -hmm. and knowledge to, like, propel you into this career. Right. Is crazy. It's crazy. I mean, I really do think it is, like, both of their backgrounds are a huge credit to, like, Taylor's career. Yeah. And, you know, maybe not, like, the longevity it's had up to now, but especially, like, the front half of her career so far, like, Mm -hmm. I think is, like, like you were saying, obviously very much because of Taylor's talent and her own abilities, but also because she had these two, like, incredibly smart, Mm -hmm. business-savvy, marketing-savvy people who are the closest people to her in the the world. The closest people to her. And, like, just even, like, even if as she got older or whatever, they became less involved in the literal decision-making, like, Mm -hmm. that she could turn to them for advice and they they actually knew. Right. You know, like, she was like, should I sign this deal? Should I do Mm -hmm. this thing? Whatever. Yeah. And, like, when you think about how many celebrities, like, just come from having, like, stage parents or just come Mm -hmm. from having, like, you know whatever like Justin Bieber's mom who was like 16 when she had like these that don't have they just don't have the same resources just not the same resources and like knowledge and all of that so like there's so much more as they're getting into their career they're like figuring it out like Mm -hmm. oh okay this is what it means to like do sign this kind of deal whatever Mm -hmm. whereas like Taylor could just like ask her parents right it's just right I know it's it's so leg up it's a huge leg up. It's so interesting. And the fact that, like, nobody, like, knows this. Well, and that's is so, so intentional, strategic. too. Yeah. It's so intentional, too. Like, literally, you can see how from the beginning her mm-hmm. parents were like, okay, this is how we're going to spin this. Yeah. And it obviously worked. Yeah. Like, because even, you know, as we've said, you and I, like, it was, like, years before we, like, understood, like... That her parents weren't just, like, regular parents. No, because every, like, and you watch any old interview with her, and she's like, me and my mom, we were just knocking on doors. Right, right. Just trying to get a record deal. (laughs) And it's like, no. It's literally not This is lies. Yeah, no, it's but And, like, I don't fault her for it. No, no. I get it, like. Obviously, you know, when we hear about people like Gracie Abrams or someone mm-hmm. and like who's just like another like singer and we're like, oh, her dad is J.J. Abrams. Like, no shit. She has a record deal. Mm-hmm. Like that does hurt them. Mm-hmm. So I get it. You know, like mm-hmm. it, it does. Yeah. It does make you kind of be like, oh, well, that's why. Right. You know, so it's like it was. They really wanted to lean into this, like, it was just her talent that got her everywhere. Right, right. Especially early on, it was all about her 
talent and just right. being this, but like, like her prodigy. business savvy is a thousand percent as responsible for her success absolutely. as her talent absolutely yeah yeah if not honestly more so because like there are so many people who are talented mm-hmm. that don't right don't make it or don't have you know so many albums to continue to prove and prove and prove that they're talented right because they don't get that far for you know right whatever reason whatever the you know business force is but right yeah yeah so um obviously taylor's mom married scott swift on february 20th 1980 in texas um they divorced in 2011 due to the strain of taylor's career so we've we've talked about their like divorce Mm -hmm. on the pod again something that was like not publicized she would never talk about it she would never admit it no like it was like like, i mean she still pretends no that's what i'm saying like in miss americana like they're both in it and Mm -hmm. it's like not addressed it's not addressed and it's like pretend it's almost like yeah like pretending like Mm -hmm. i mean that like what i would do to just know the vibes oh yeah because like it's just crazy. And you know they, like, hang out together all the time. No, that's what well, I Well, but mean. that's the thing, too, is, like, like, you know neither of them have ever dated anyone else. Like, I feel like... You feel that? I was gonna ask. No, I really feel that way. I feel like they got divorced for, like, you know, whatever reason. But they're still, like, such a unit. They're so that, invested like, in Taylor's career. Like, obviously, they don't live together and, like, whatever. But, like, I wouldn't even be surprised if they, like, spend holidays together. hmm I, they're not, like, I mean, at least Taylor's mom isn't, like, having her own life. Yeah, maybe for sure. the dad. I was going to say the same. Like, maybe, maybe the dad. Maybe dad does. And it's just, like, super under wraps. But even that, like, I honestly, like. That's, I think I think yeah. that like Taylor's career came before everything. Mm-hmm. So like it came before their marriage and now it comes before their like individual lives. Yes, I agree. So it's just so yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. And like obviously I I get that she doesn't want to like write songs about it and whatever. But well, and this would also go to the argument that like it wasn't it was more just like yeah, we got divorced because, like, we did, rather than it being, like, a huge painful thing. Mm-hmm. Because if it was a huge painful thing, like, I just think she'd write about it more. Yeah. Like, the fact that, like, even we know, like, Sad, Beautiful, Tragic is about that, and mm-hmm. it's, like, not even that sad of song. Like, it's not mm-hmm. that, like... Yeah. Meanwhile, she's writing, like, two albums worth about, like, Scott Borchetta. hmm And, like, I mean, I know that yeah. it's not her, but, like, I feel like her parents getting divorced sh- should have, like, been so bad for her. Mm-hmm. And it just, like, doesn't seem to be. I know. That's why I really want to know more about it. Because, yeah. like, I just don't understand, especially if it, like in any way seems to be a result of like her growing fame yeah. and the fact that her parents were never together because her mom was always with her yeah and her dad was with her brother like like would i say that taylor's to blame for that no but like but like 
Yeah. You, if you're in that position, like, there's no way you're not, like, carrying Mm -hmm. that, like, weight and feeling that responsibility. But, again, like, I just don't think, like, I think if she felt as bad as it seems like she should feel, like, we would know more. I don't know. Because I think for as much as her parents put Taylor's career before everything, I think she does too. So, like, I think, like, she literally has just, like, chosen and committed to not, like, addressing it publicly. Mm -hmm. And just will literally, like, not go there. You know? Yeah. And I mean, again, especially if they, like, continue to spend all this time together and whatever, like, it's not, they almost are kind of, like, in between married and divorced. Well, I was going to say it also might be the type of situation where, like, it's so, it's so buried, like, publicly, obviously, but, like, could be very buried even in private. So that, like, if they're all together... Or if they're not all together, like, it honestly might just be, like, so buried for her and, like, God help her brother. And as you said, like, if even when they were married but her mom was always with her. mm -hmm. Like, they were so apart already Mm -hmm. that, like, if that didn't really change, Mm -hmm. like, the official status of their marriage probably didn't have that big an impact. Mm -hmm. And I think, too, it's like, we, we have gotten, like, a few glimpses as you said that like taylor doesn't really like her dad or she's not super close with her dad i mean there's like very few lines about it in her music but like in mine when she's like Mm -hmm. a careless man's careful daughter Mm -hmm. in cardigan when she's like leaving like a father Mm -hmm. like i think there are these like these subtle hints i mean we've talked about before how the line in mine we just like assumed wasn't about her for like 10 right. years or whatever and right. then they were like oh I guess it is right um and then there's also like the you know the scene in Miss Americana where her dad is like pushing back about her being political mm-hmm. and she's literally like in tears like mm-hmm. so upset because like he just like mm-hmm. he cares more about like the ticket sales than he does you know activism <laughs> or like whatever yeah. um so, there's definitely, like, a lot of tensions there. Mm-hmm. And again, as you said, like, she's also just so obsessed with her mom. Right. She's so aligned that, with like, her mom that it's kind of, like, her dad right. doesn't like, have a Like, I don't... Like, I think that she would still be... Like, I think she would consider herself, like, so close with her dad. Like... Oh, yeah. I think, sure. obviously, they have, like, a lot of contact and, like... Mm-hmm. You know. But... There's just more buried there, I feel like. There's more buried there. I also wouldn't be surprised if, like, you know, she feels very, like, like he's the real authority around her. Mm-hmm. Like, she feels more, like, you know, like, even in that one scene from Miss Americana, like, she's like, no, Dad, like, listen to me. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, like, I don't know. Like, more of that patriarchal... Fuck the patriarchy, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. Okay. In 2011, Taylor bought her parents a $2.5 million mansion in Nashville. Mm. Um, The first... But that's interesting, because that's the year they got divorced. 
Yeah, well, it says that she first bought them one for $1.5 million, but four months later bought them a larger one. So maybe she was just buying one Maybe for the she other bought one. two, and people were like, oh, here's another one for her parents. Yeah, that's yeah, probably what it was. damn. Kind of obsessed. <laughs> damn. Um... Oh, yeah, okay, this is, like, amazing. So, I can't wait. her guitar teacher from the past, Ronnie Creamer, was less than impressed with her mom and told NY Daily News that Andrea was like a bull in a china shop and made Taylor eat salad when she wanted Taco Bell. <laughs> and then the article says, take this with a massive grain of salt. That's so funny. Which is, funny. like, so funny. So I feel like we can't really Like, her off. guitar teacher from, like, when she was, what, like, seven? <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, fascinating. Um, to that, okay, okay. Oh, yeah, this was so crazy. Okay, <laughs> so we found out that in 2002, Taylor Swift's mom, like, saved a family from drowning. Remember this? Wait, have you told me this? Yes, I did. Okay. Oh, my God. Powerful winds were stirring the ocean when Andrea F. Swift set out on her personal watercraft <gasps> from Stone Harbor, New Jersey. The 44-year-old mother from Y. Wyoming was taking her daughter, Taylor, 12, and Taylor's 12-year-old friend, Brittany, Brittany. R. Mack of Kumru Township for a wave jumping ride on her three person watercraft and saved a bunch of stranded strangers. <laughs> Isn't that so funny? Also, Brittany from yeah. the unreleased track. Me and Brittany. Me and Brittany, and the one she was like the maid of honor mm-hmm. in the wedding. Mm-hmm. So that's cute. That's honestly wow. Isn't that so funny? <laughs> Thank so you. There we go. Thank you, Andrea. (laughs) The other, you know, kind of notable thing about her mom is obviously, like, her different health issues. So she was diagnosed with cancer in April 2015, and then she was in remission, but she relapsed in 2019. Mm -hmm. Kind of unclear the status of her health right now. Seems to be, you know, presumably okay, hopefully. Um, But Taylor obviously wrote, soon you'll get better Mm -hmm. that's on lover for her mom and like that whole situation Mm -hmm. and i remember originally when she posted about her mom's cancer she was like she posted something about like this christmas i asked my mom like the one gift i wanted was for her to like go get tested Mm -hmm. and she like did and she has cancer and like kind of like being like you know get checked out there Mm -hmm. and like some like awareness for it yeah, and in that, in that post, too, I think she was, like, my mom, like, wanted me to tell you guys because she's not going to be at, like, as many shows and, like, yeah. she's not going to be around as much. Right. Because she famously, like, at Taylor's concerts and stuff will go around and, like, right. meet people and pick people. I up. have a picture with Taylor's mom, say, me and my sister her. from the Fearless Star. Because, yeah, she was, you know, we, like, went over to, like, the the fence, basically, where, like, Taylor walked from, like behind backstage to the stage and Taylor's mom was like there like just like taking pictures with people and like hanging out um so yeah and we we kind of talked about how we think that was like or did she even say that's why lover fat she was just gonna do lover fest and yeah. not like a lover tour because she was like she I want away from she's like I want to be like close to my mom and then obviously like the pandemic and stuff I feel like is another reason why she she obviously was, like, doing stuff, like, releasing albums, mm-hmm. but, like, she wasn't, except for those, like, CMA awards or whatever, like, she really wasn't out and, like, doing things. Right, she very rarely 
probably was doing things more so now I feel like but still not Mm -hmm. also some insider information my sister lives in Nashville and apparently she knows a friend she has a friend whose dad like has a like, the same cancer as Andrea Swift, and apparently they're undergoing, like, some sort of, um, like, experimental treatment. Right. And Taylor paid for, like, everyone in the trial mm-hmm. to do it. So that's, like, nice. Yeah, that is nice. Yeah. Um, and hopefully there's been success. Yeah. I mean, don't we don't know, but hopefully, but hopefully. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so, you know, now we get into her brother, and... This is really the the creme de la creme, I feel. (laughs) Because her brother... Because it's just so funny. Because, like... Like... uh, I don't know. Like, he's just such a funny person. Because it's like... She obviously, like, acknowledges his existence and, like, whatever. But also, he's not as much of a force as, like, he could be. Which Mm -hmm. I find interesting. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, yes, she, like, mentions him or, like, whatever. But it's not, like, you know, like, she'll do more with, like, these random... Like, she's done more with Ryan and Blake. Than mm-hmm. she's, like, ever done, like, professionally with Austin. Right. Which is just interesting because, because he... Because he's an actor. Yes. Right? So, okay. So, his his background is he was born March 11th, 1992. He's 29. He's 6'2". He <laughs> went to... This is so weird. Okay. So, he went to University of Notre Dame from 2010 to 2011. Transferred to Vanderbilt. Okay. Which my sister... Also, also went to Vanderbilt, went to Vanderbilt and says that he was so weird and he would like <laughs> be at parties and like play Taylor Swift songs on his guitar in the corner. Yeah. Which and is like, so stressful. So did she actually meet him? No, I don't think she so. I think like she just heard that. Him. So, you know, we take it with a grain of salt, but yeah, we believe but, it. But, you know. <laughs> Must have the reliable source. Okay. Then he transferred back to Notre Dame. And so that's where he graduated from in 2015. Wait, why? Yeah. So isn't that so weird? Like, I don't know if it's that he transferred to Vanderbilt, obviously in Nashville, where Taylor was. So I don't know if he, like, went there and then he was, like, just kidding. It's, like, too much Taylor and, like, left. Mm. Plus, okay, so if he he transferred to Vanderbilt 2011, one, around the time of the divorce. Yeah. Two... I don't know. Maybe it was, like, at a point in Taylor's career where she was starting to spend more time, like, in L.A. over Nashville. She was, like, I guess Red wouldn't have been out yet, though, so probably not. That's really interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Um, At Notre Dame, he studied film and participated in plays, and apparently Taylor would come to, like, cheer him on, so she was, she came to, like, various plays that he was in. Cute. Um... He interned at Lionsgate, the film company, which obviously Taylor helped him get. Like, no question. <laughs> yeah. His Yes, he's an actor. His film debut was in the 2016 thriller IT. Um, not it. IT. IT, yeah, not it. Other, what is IT? I don't know. Okay. Like, he's never really been... In, the most notable thing that he's been in is Live By Night which was starring and directed by Ben Affleck. And I think that's, like, the biggest part that he's ever had. Obviously, that movie did nothing and no one cares about him. But that is his, like, biggest role. Other films he's been in, um, Megyn Kelly's political drama Embeds. So, like, (laughs) 
What? What? Sitcom Still the King with Billy Ray Cyrus. Oh. Cover versions, which stars Debbie Ryan and Drake Bell. Hilarious. Breaking for Wales, where apparently he makes out with Draco Malfoy, the actor. Fascinating. And We Summon the Darkness. So yeah, he's been in kind of like, you know, small-ish roles. I mean, not like, not like party boy number four like actual roles but definitely not like a starring thing right and not in anything that's really big or has right. a reach right um other things about him he also likes cats <laughs> oh yeah this was so funny he does freelance photography for getty images <laughs> and shot taylor for people magazine in 2009 so you know what that says to me that says to me that this is a guy who's like okay my sister obviously has this, like, huge passion that she's turned into this huge career. Mm-hmm. And I, like, am kind of, one, because it's so accessible to me, I'm kind of interested in, like, doing something related to the mm-hmm. industry. But I don't know what. So right. I'll, like, try I'll some photography. Like, dip my toe in. I'll do some, like, film work. Right, literally. Um, Oh, yeah, during all the, like, Kanye stuff, he made a video of himself throwing his Yeezys in the trash. Right. So, yeah, like, he, it's interesting because he, he does, like, post stuff about, like, you know, for Taylor and, like, for instance, like, he did a a post about Evermore saying, as a brother and friend, which, like, what? (laughs) I couldn't be more proud. As a lifelong fan, I am thrilled beyond words. As a human being, I am simply dumbfounded at this level of artistry and depth of insight into what it is to love and to lose and to simply exist. Now, please stop reading this and go listen to Evermore by Taylor Swift. So, like, very sweet. Very sweet and, like, and, yeah, and, like, I don't know if that's, like, obviously, that's a more recent post, and he's 29, and so, like, maybe now he's more down to be kind of more public in his, like, mm. support for her. I don't know if in other years he was trying to, like, distance himself a bit, mm, just to be like, let me do my own thing. Well, and most recently, he was a, he producer, was a producer of on, I Bet You Think About mm-hmm, Me, the music video. Which is so interesting as well. So, yeah, I feel like... And, like, what does that mean? Like, in what capacity was he a producer? No, I don't know. And I feel like, okay, the most notable... Oh, yeah, okay, so for his role in IT, which, again, was his first thing, she tweeted about his role saying she was proud, but that's the only role she's ever posted about, like, of his. Mm. So I, I feel like... she posted with... about the Ben Affleck one, too. I'm not I sure. I, I'm not sure, but... Like, with that, I do wonder if he said, like, you don't need to, like, post about, like, all my things. Mm, I see. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's interesting. I feel like the most kind of noteworthy thing that he's done is making a cover of of her song look what you made me do Mm -hmm. for killing eve the show yeah and at first like people didn't know it was him because the you know taylor loves to do these like pseudonym right it was like a fake band it was a fake band so it was jack leopards and the dolphin club Mm -hmm. but it's him allow me to play please i don't like your little game Don't like your tear-tear stay 
And she tweeted, very stoked about this cover of Look What You Made Me Do on Killing You by Jack Leopards and the Dolphin Club. Oh, you made me play fool, I don't like you. I don't like your perfect crime. Like, it's just so interesting. No, I know. And I guess the Dolphin Club was Austin's former Twitter username. Oh. And the, the artwork for the song was a childhood photo of him. Additionally, it was previously reported that Taylor begged Killing Eve head writer and executive producer Jimmy Waller-Bridge, who she did at Canal West, right. to let her brother sing a song on the soundtrack years ago. I mean, I don't like that. his. I don't like his voice, but I don't mind like the rendition of it. No, and I don't think his voice is like bad. Like, no, I you it's know it's kind of nothing. But what like, I would choose to listen to. Yeah, but like that's just so funny. It's like, really funny. So yeah, like it's just interesting because she throws him these like little bones of mm-hmm. things, but nothing like significant. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of weird because it's not like oh, he wants to distance himself completely and, like, be his own thing. Mm-hmm. But he also doesn't want to get the bump that she could give him. I mean, I assume, unless I this is all that she can do. But See, it feels like she could do no, more. Oh, she could absolutely do more. I mean, just think about what she's done for Joe Alwyn's career. Right. Like, everything he's done. I mean, she could have cast him in the all-too-well short film. Right. She could have, let, like, she could let him direct, like, all kinds of her stuff. Like, right. So if that's she wanted so to. so interesting because, like, I do wonder what her brother feels now watching her take this nothing actor mm-hmm. and gradually build him up to be, like, like, I mean. But I'm there's... sure there's conflict, though, because mm-hmm. I feel like he probably doesn't, like, actually want that. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think that he wants her to, like, completely give him a career. Yeah. But he'll take, like, little things. Yeah. I mean, I also wouldn't be surprised if, like, in addition to not, like, wanting total handouts, he also doesn't have, like, enough talent to, like, make up for. Mm-hmm. Like, her lack of involvement. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's obviously, like, a pretty rude thing to say as someone who mm-hmm. has not seen him act at all. But, right. like... And, yeah, he's kind of, like, average attractive. But, like, right. he's not, like, drop-dead gorgeous. Right. Remember when people thought he was dating Selena Gomez? Wait, what? Like, people just thought that because they were, like, all They would, like, out. hang out. Yeah. That's really funny, though. Which, like, that would be cute. Yeah, but, but we no. want more for Santa Claus. Yeah, we want Chris Evans for Santa Yeah, we want Chris Evans. We should have Chris Evans. <laughs> anyway, so that's really the rundown of the fam. Mm-hmm. But I just think it's interesting to think about because, like, obviously her family is very, like, involved and they're mm-hmm. really in, like, the background of her career. But at the same time, there is, like, some distance. Mm-hmm. And, I don't know, just interesting. It's very interesting. And there's clearly a lot that they've all agreed not to have in the public. Yes, there's clearly very strict, Mm -hmm. like, 
family. I mean, I bet as like a as like a four person unit, they're they're very like I don't know like I don't even like know what the word is like us against the world. Like they're very mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. this is like what we'll say. This is mm-hmm. what we won't say. They're, they're very like they're a united front. They're united for sure front, for sure. And obviously, like, the dynamics have to be pretty particular if the parents are divorced. Taylor, obviously, like, buys all of their houses, Mm -hmm. buys a bunch of, like, shit for them. Mm -hmm. Like, there's definitely, like, some some varying power dynamics, I would assume. Yeah. You know what's interesting about that, though? Like, I feel like, especially because Taylor became famous so young, when you think about other stars that became famous so young like you know selena gomez and justin bieber and demi lovato and those people like the the power dynamics shift so severely because their parents come from nothing Mm -hmm. so like you know demi lovato is buying her parents a house at like age 17 and so they have no control over her because mm-hmm. they know. But because Taylor's parents did have money. They were already wealthy. I bet yeah. it actually helped keep them in, like, authoritative parent mm-hmm. roles. Like, true, not, true. not like, you know, obviously she had the power and, like, the money to do whatever she wanted. But it wasn't like, oh, well, if you don't let me do whatever I want, I won't pay your rent. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that really helped mm-hmm. keep that, like parent-child relationship which is very healthy Mm -hmm. than like when the child completely is caring for like Mm -hmm. every I mean like yeah she can buy her parents a three million dollar house but like they also could buy themselves a three million dollar house yeah so like right and I think that also goes back to like what Taylor wants her image to be and Mm -hmm. like she wants to be this, like, all-American family daughter mm-hmm. who, like, is close with her parents and, like, mm-hmm. appreciates, like, family values <laughs> and, like, whatever. Especially in the beginning. Like, right, right, right. That was so much, like, part of the image that they all together, I mm-hmm. think, like, created for her. Mm-hmm. That, like, she was never gonna, like, go back on that and be mm-hmm. like, fuck you guys. Like, my right. parents are divorced and, like, I'm right. pissed and, like... Mm-hmm. There's, like, no way she ever would have, like, done anything like that. And, obviously, when you think about, like, her history with, like, the squad and, like, her friends that have changed so much over the years and whatever, like, I'm sure she really does appreciate, like, having her family be very, like, stable and, mm-hmm. like, still support her even in her downfall and, right, like, right. you know, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. But this is good because upcoming, you know, in this season, we will be talking about Taylor's, you know, career as a businesswoman. Mm-hmm. So exciting. And this, this provides a lot of background for some of those, those skills, mm-hmm. the those, decisions, the decisions yeah. all of that. So continue to stay tuned. And thank you for joining us. Stream Bogor. Stream Bogor.